Donald Trump is not going to get this Republican nomination. So, Jenny, could he actually win? No freaking way! <laughs> Do not tell me that Donald Trump is in this to win this, okay? He's a sideshow. I don't think his plan has anything to do with Latinos. His plan, his strategy is to win the White House without Latinos. I don't think he can do it. Uh, Jorge Ramos, Jorge, thanks. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Rick Grider, thank you for tuning in, whether you're on our podcast, on iTunes, whether you're on our Mixer app, or if you're checking us on Facebook Live, thank you for tuning in, as always, especially on our new night, Thursday nights, at every week at 8 p.m. So then, again, thank you for checking us out. Uh, we've had an exciting week. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, we covered um, some of the protests that were going on here in D.C., um, talked, to, talked to a couple people who were marching. Um, and showing their passion about their displeasure about the new ban that just got enacted, the travel ban, um, Muslim ban, just to be honest, that had gotten enacted over the weekend. Um, there we covered the one that was on Capitol Hill. We covered the one that was on uh, or at Trump Towers. And uh, it was very good to see uh, democracy in action, to see uh, a cornerstone of our democracy, which is the protest, the our government's actions, um, up close and in person. So hopefully you enjoyed that. And uh, we hopefully will do more of that um, in the future. So we have uh, another um, jam-packed week of uh, governmental actions or at least executive action that's going on. Um, in the last, I think, 12 days, I think it's 12 days of uh, this new Trump administration, there have been, I, I think, an estimated uh, 20 executive orders that have been put out. So there's just been a whole slew of things um, that can we can cover, um, jumping from Iran, uh, jumping to the travel ban, um, jumping to um, President Trump. Sound like he thinks that Frederick Douglass is still alive. Um, to uh, Sean Spicer, the press secretary, um, openly uh, using I'll use that term alternative facts again. Uh, rather loosely when it turns to Iran. Um, President Trump um, saying that he might send U.S. troops to Mexico um, to take care of those bad hombres. Uh, him hanging, President Trump hanging up the phone on um, one of our close allies, the Australian um, Prime Minister. So there are a lot of things that has happened um, over this week. And again, it's just so hard to, to condense and try to talk about all of them. It's hard to touch on all of those subjects um, within the 30 minutes. So to understand uh, some of those things, I'm trying to understand how our new president operates. I think that we must come to one foundation um, first. And I think Kellyanne Conway, with her use of alternative facts, actually helped give it away. And I think that is the fact that it seems that our president and his administration is creating its own bubble, um, its own reality. And the dangers that come with that are is that we also have to live in whatever reality our president creates. 
if he believes something and acts on it, then he's acting as, as all of us, as a nation. So we're in it uh, for the ride. So that is trying, and that is the danger of this seemingly fake reality or false reality or alternative reality that he's seeming to create. So we're going to talk about that and go in depth on that, try to understand um, the dangers of that so that as you or us as American citizens um, can further understand some of his actions because it's kind of hard to try to peg, I said this multiple times, what exactly uh, President Trump is doing because again 20 orders in 10 days or 11 days is almost breathtaking um because so many things are getting enacted at one time um and some of these things are just getting jammed through so hard that you're thinking like it, it, the, how is he saying he's a ceo without even thinking about some of the reactions um or consequences of some of the things that he's signing such as the travel ban um where he did not, according to Marco Rubio, who was, again, a Republican, that Congress was not even notified of the travel ban, um, that nobody in the State Department, again, including his own Secretary of State, Rick Tillerson, was not notified about the ban, um, that there was only a limited amount of people in D and DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, who were notified about the ban. And the ones that were notified openly objected to some of the concerns or some of the criteria of this ban, such as the green cards, the visa, such as um, permanent residences uh, or permanent immigrants into our country. But those were overruled. So you're thinking, how can somebody um, implement a nationwide policy like this without properly vetting it without making sure the proper people are aware of it so that it can be enacted and then um go back after it's enacted after all the chaos confusion and say that it's working out perfectly um it's breathtaking but then on the other note when you kind of think about it and you think about who is at his side and i'm referring to steve bannon that this is steve bannon artwork he loves chaos and he has spoken openly about breaking down the system. So is he doing this on purpose? Is he trying to cause chaos on purpose? Is he testing how far he can go um, to see? And if that is the case, why is he doing it? Why is he testing out um, how far he can press before the judicial system enacts, before the legislative system reacts? Why is he doing this? And, and, those who say that, oh, you're just over-exaggerating it, that you're you're putting it out of context, understand that even when the judge, federal judge, put a, a halt on his executive order, he told the DHS to overrule it, to keep enforcing his executive order. And that also, again, nobody in Congress was even informed about this ban, not even Republicans. So what is the purpose of this if it's not a test? If it's not to see how far he can go. And there have been articles going out there, and we're going to cover that later on in the show, that, that it's, it's trying to shine a light. I think it's kind of too, too doomsday for right now. But thinking that it is a power grab that, that the Trump administration is trying to do. So before we get into depth in that, let's cover it from the beginning. And that goes into Kellyanne Conway and the alternative facts. And, of course, you may not know, let's get some background on it. Kellyanne Conway was on Meet the Press with uh, Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd pressing her about the um, inauguration numbers and why do are you openly telling a falsehood that's putting it politely. 
um, about this when obviously we can just check and it's so easy to check so why are you just blatantly telling a falsehood to the American people especially when it's your first time and this is where Kelly and Conway introduced that concept of alternative facts so let's let's hear that right quick dramatic about it Chuck what it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood and they're giving Sean Spicer our press secretary gave alternative facts to that and I love that and I love it, and I wish that I can show you the video of it because you could tell by her that pause that she knew that the next sentence out of her mouth was gonna be absolute utter bullshit. She just knew it. It looked like she was just having to swallow what she was about to say, and when she uttered that 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 phrase, alternative facts. And again, just to make sure we are are um are understanding what's going on, alternative facts is not a thing. That does not exist. <laughs> the alternative fact is is a lie. Uh, when if you tell your mom uh, that you didn't do something, you just say no. It's just an alternative fact. No, she's gonna call you as a liar. So that thing does not exist. It it is just blatantly a lie. But they call it alternative fact to make you question it. To make you well, maybe there's something I'm not seeing here. No, you 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 got it right. Alternative fact is a lie. But. This shows a light into what is going on in the Trump administration. Let's think, let's let's go back. Let's fast forward to today when Sean Spencer, Sean Spicer, again the press secretary, said that Iran attacked a U.S. vessel. So now you we, people are out of the blue saying that wait, Iran attacked the U.S. vessel. That's basically saying attack. Iran is just almost on the border of declaring war to the United States. Just two days ago, you put Iran on notice, which nobody even knows what that means. But today, you're saying that Iran attacked a U.S. vessel. The Pentagon, a couple hours later, joined in and said, that's not true. That did not happen. So, again, you're thinking, like, wait a minute, why are you saying this? Why is Sean Spice, the press secretary, going before the American public, going before the American media, and saying that Iran attacked a U.S. vessel, when again, we can just go to the Pentagon and confirm whether that happened or not. And again, it did not happen. So, this is again the perception of creating an alternative reality. Where you have this, this great source of power telling you, again, seemingly blatant lies and not really thinking about the consequences and or not caring about it. To the point that in order you're having a question... Did this happen? And those are the dangers of this alternative reality that President Trump is creating and his administration is creating. That again, it seems to be that they are willing to tell you something and not care, again, not care and try to be lenient and be like, maybe it's the beginning steps and they don't know what they're doing. But when you look at it, it seems like they blatantly know what they're doing. You just, you're charging the country with attacking us and you know that they didn't do that. When you refer to just yesterday, when President Trump says that President Obama agreed to bring in illegal immigrants from Australia, again, it's just a blatant lie. Those are not illegal immigrants. They're refugees. It's like a hundred, or excuse me, I think a thousand of them that have already been vetted, that are going to be vetted for years, and they're coming over here because they have nowhere to go. They're not this slew of illegal immigrants that's, that's hopping over our border. 
Will you defend the ban and say that you could not let anybody know in Congress or in the State Department or let DHS fully know? Because if you gave no week's notice, then a bunch of the bad people would just jump over here. That's again, that's that's not a turn fact. That's just a blatant lie. It's just not, they're not just going to come running over the border. And I don't know if rather, again, does he not know this? Or does he just blatantly know this and just doesn't care? They're not just going to just stampede over our border. That's not how that works. They're not just going to get on one giant plane and just fly over here all of a sudden at once because we only got a week to get over here. It takes years for anyone to even get a visa. For a, a, a refugee, it takes at least two years. Well, you got to go through various background checks, multiple interviews with the, with the State Department, with the FBI. It's like, it's not just hopping over a fence and boom, you're in America. Congratulations. It's a thorough vetting process. And again, they blatantly know this. But that's not the story they want to tell you. They want to tell you that they're just hopping over here. The bads is hopping over here. They're putting us at risk. If get so bold to the fact that last week when a... White Christian, and by some, if you look at the guy's Facebook page, he seems to be a Trump supporter, but I don't want to ding that on or ding that on President Trump, attacked a mosque and killed five people. Sean Spicer tried to use that to justify a travel ban, to use an attack on the Muslims to justify banning other Muslims. It's just breathtaking to me. And again, it comes to the point of, do you do you not know what you're saying? Do you not understand what you're saying because you're new here? Or again, do you blatantly just not care that you're just openly either lying to us or thinking that we're stupid or idiots or maybe both? So, again, this is the dangers of creating this false reality. This is the danger of telling you something which they blatantly know is false, but they're in a position of power to where you start to question it. You start questioning whether maybe there's some legitimacy to what they're saying. When they know it's not. When they know that they're blatantly lying to you. When they know that they're blatantly misleading you. These are the dangers of creating this alternative fact. Because then it gives people a false perception to act on something. Again, people thinking that if you ban, if you take out all these Muslims... That is a, a somehow automatically keep us safe. When statistically you look at it, me as a black man, I am more likely to be killed by someone of my own race or someone who of another race, someone who is white, than a, a Syrian refugee. That is just a fact. But yet, let's focus all this fear and all this terror on Muslims. And what we're touching on that, let's talk about how again this week that there are reports saying that President Trump is starting to focus his counterterrorism group specifically on Muslims. Attacking it, trying to attack this sole religion of Islam. Trying to focus all fear on, on Islam. Saying that every fear, every bad thing that happens is because of this religion. Today, Sean Spicer was asked about homegrown terror. He could not even Focus on homegrown terror. I'm going to play that for you as well. Because it's, it's absolutely breathtaking that you think this guy's a press secretary. And he knows what homegrown terror is. But he brings up the border. He brings up how we got to protect our border. So let's listen to that. 
doing? What initiatives is he taking to make sure that that kind of homegrown, right. he was a Canadian citizen, homegrown terrorism, homegrown violence <laughs> doesn't happen within our country? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, number one, he's talking cybersecurity. I mean, he's looking at it from every angle. Um, I think the first thing is to make sure that we look at our borders. It's You've got to protect your own people first. These are homegrown. This is right. Oklahoma City was an American kid. Sure. Okay. You look at the borders. You look at who we're letting in. Okay. So, again, that's twice. The guy followed up and tried to give him a second chance. He's asking about homegrown terror. This, like the KKK, Oklahoma City boy, um, um, bombings, other bombs that have happened that have been by American citizens. What are, how are we going to do about them? What are we going to do to protect ourselves about them? And Sean Spicer says, we got to protect our borders. What the heck? What does <laughs> our borders have to do anything with homegrown terror? But again, they're not even wanting to accept or look at that fact that there are homegrown terrorists in this country. Just to be honest, if I when I'm I am more scared when I'm in a movie theater, when I'm in a crowded place, when I'm in a football game, anything like that, I have I am more scared that I will be shot by someone who is white than by again a Muslim. You look at when you at, at uh, what happened in Colorado. Again, not Muslim. But again, they know. And again, I, I'm not going to say Sean Spicer is a stupid person because he's not. So while you're refusing to answer the question about homegrown terrorism, while you're refusing to answer the question about the KKK or, or anybody else that is not Muslim, who has violent tendencies towards us as American citizens, American Muslims, black people, other minorities is beyond me besides the fact that you want to paint fear to a certain target to a specific group of people and that is those people over there those Muslims so this is the thing that again I, I paint to the issue that we're having with this new administration that they're again either blatantly trying to mislead the public, blatantly trying to paint a picture that does not exist, or they actually believe this. And in some portions, I actually think that President Trump does believe this. Because again, when he did an interview with ABC and and and, he, and the reporter was pushing against him about some of the things that he was saying, he blatantly said the world is a mess. The world is a mess and it's bad. There are a lot of bad people in this world. And what 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 do you think is going to happen if we make it a little bit better? It's already bad. It's already mad. So what what harm does it do that we make it a little bit matter? What harm does it do that we we inconvenience some people? And again, they're going to do it in the sake of two things. The sake of national security and the sake of economic prosperity. And again, this is why I'm wondering to see how far Republicans will go because I am fearful of a government. And I thought that if you were conservative that you would agree. I am fearful of a government that is willing to take away liberties, take away rights for the sake of security. And that seems to be a danger that we are now facing. 
Because that's how they start to paint this picture. That's how they start to paint the travel ban. That we have to do it for security. To keep ourselves safe. When you interview or you ask a Trump supporter what they think about the ban, that's what they say. That we have to keep ourselves safe. I feel safer now. So is this a scenario that's going to be played? That the world is dangerous, the world is dark, the world is, de is deadly. We don't know how these people are coming over here. We're on the pediment of an attack. These people are coming out to get us, to ruin our society, ruin our way of living. And the only way that we can protect ourselves is if we ban them, is if we extremely vet them, if we persecute them, and we keep them out of our country. That's the picture that's starting to be painted. And sure enough, they keep telling you this story over and over again. And then wait, I'm, and that's the danger that I'm waiting for, is waiting for one lone wolf attack. Waiting, especially let it be a Muslim that does it. Let's see, how will this White House respond? Because people understand, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, neither one has went down the road that President Trump is going down. After 9-11, George Bush called Islam a religion of peace. President Obama refused to say radical Islam because of the fact that he did not want to paint that picture that Islam on its own is a, a violent religion. But President Trump has purposely broken away from that narrative. President Trump has said after the Christmas attack that he, he doesn't even call it uh, radical Islamic terror. He has called it radical Islam. Because again, he's trying to paint the picture that it is the Islamic religion that is leading to all his terrorist attacks. That's why we're changing the name from this program that uh, was in the White House, which was the, the Countering Violent Extremism. Which is again, extremism covers all religions because all religions, including Christianity, and I'm a Christian, but it is not, I'm not so blind or deaf to my own religion to understand that there is extremists in my religion. But now we're not changing it from countering violent extremism to countering Islamic extremism. Again, starting to paint that picture. That it is those people over there. And that only President Trump is the one that can keep us safe. So that breathes in the question of. Is this man. Is this administration. Starting to put itself inside such a bubble. And. Please, and please understand that it seems to be. That anyone that even in the administration. Or in the government that does not agree with what this administration is doing, is either being fired or asked to leave. And the result of that is a whole bunch of yes men and enablers. Where President Trump can come up with an idea or think about something, and there's no one who are there who is willing to counter him. It seems like no one in his inner circle is willing to do that at all. Certainly not Sean Spicer. Certainly not Kayanne Conway. Certainly not Steve Bannon. Paul Ryan and Mike Pence. They are, have exposed themselves to be such spineless people that is almost pathetic. In 2015, when President Trump was just a nominee, 
or candidate that openly said that his ban was un-American. Yet this week, Speaker Ryan said that it was it, it he did a good idea. It's just that it's unfortunate or regrettable that it was implemented so wrongly. So nobody in this White House, seemingly, is going to push against the actions of President Trump. So protests can only go so far. Protests can eventually fatigue. You march about everything now. To the point they become ineffective. Because now they just paint it as you're just complaining. So you need somebody in power who has some power that want to tell somebody that you have to pull up. You have to disengage from the road that you're going down. The AG did that. Now, whether you disagree with what she should have did publicly or not about not defending this travel ban, he fired her and said that she betrayed the, the, the uh, Justice Department. So now, that's the kind of language that they're willing to use in public. That if you disagree with what they're thinking, if you disagree with what they're doing, if you disagree with what they're implementing and enacting and saying, that you are betraying the government. Pretty soon, I guarantee you, you'll probably hear saying you're betraying the country. So then becomes the narrative of us against them. Either you're in line with this kind of thinking, Are you are an enemy? There's no longer, it used to be this notion of, and, and, and excuse me, and bipartisanship, I just refuse to think that that is even a thing anymore. But it used to be the fact that even though we're against each other, we're on the same team as Americans. That you might be a Republican, I might be a Democrat, I might be populist. I might be democratic socialist, you might be libertarian, but we're all Americans. That regardless of how we may have our different beliefs, we all want what's best for this nation. But it seems like that belief is starting to slowly erode. That everyone is an enemy all of a sudden. The press is an enemy. Immigrants are an enemy. Everyone is an enemy. We're no longer seeing each other as Americans. We firstly see each other as Democrats or liberal. As liberals are, are, are conservatives. And thankfully, that may not be a majority of the nation. And I don't think that's a majority of the nation. But the people with the microphones, the people with the power, the people with the cameras pointing at them are the ones who have the loudest voice. And the loudest voice governs how the conversation is driven. And right now, the conversation is seemingly to be that this specific religion, these specific people, are a danger to our country. Regardless of whether there is facts or evidence to back that up, 
It does not matter. Because as long as President Trump perceives that notion, as long as he thinks that, as long as he believes that, he can govern by that. And again, if there's no one besides the people, besides the protesters, besides the voters, but nobody inside his bubble who's willing to push back, then it only leaves that to us. There are constraints. There are there are differences of how he can govern. He he says that he's he's a conservative. And again, there are certain conservative beliefs that even I can I can follow. On what the government should and should not do in our lives. Right now, it seems that that belief is no longer being followed either. Again, for the sake of security. So be da- be aware that as, as much as this security notion is being played out, that there is a belt to be a balance between liberty and security. And there should be a balance between us, let our government protect us, and us not letting our government interfere in our lives. Not letting our government persecute other people based on a religion, or a race, or a gender, or a creed, or a nationality. Because that's what our country was founded on. We are a country, we are a nation of immigrants. So you have to have the understanding when you see that your government is starting to paint a broad picture to a specific group of immigrants, to a specific group of individuals. And just because they do not talk about you at the moment, just because they're not talking to you at the moment, does not mean that you go by silent and let it happen. Just because you're not a Muslim doesn't mean that you let the government paint a broad brush to Muslims. Because you're a, a, a black person or a white person that is of Christian faith, doesn't mean that you let a broad brush be painted on an immigrant. Because again, our, found, our, our foundation, our beliefs are rooted on that everyone gets treated equally, regardless of their religion. So these are things that we must we must abide by and hold dear to us. And when our government starts to break away from that, it is on us to rein them in. It is on us to protest. So be aware of the alternative facts. Do your own research. You don't believe the mainstream media, that is fine. Do your own research. Look at credible sources. Don't just go to the sites that that have your way of thinking, that agree to what you say. Look at the other side. Then make your own decision. But not blindly 
agree to something, just because that person is in power, or the institution is in power, or just because the institution says this is true. So these are the dangers of the alternative facts, and this is the thing that we must be aware of. So we're gonna again um, make sure that we're posting as much information that we can to you, uh, keep you as informed as possible. Uh, we're trying to bring in as many voices from all over the spectrum as possible as well. We have conservative um, people that are giving in their intake. We're going to have some more uh, people on the most of the left to get their intake so that you can have a diversity of opinion. Uh, make sure that you go check out our website, uh, positivepeople.com. Um, again, if you're rather you're listening to us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, or on Mixer, again, thank you for checking us out. Make sure that you can check us out every Thursday at 8 p.m. Um, We'll be giving up much more uh, info and uh, details about our website and more of the content that we're trying to publish. So make sure you check this out as well. So regardless of where you come from, thank you for checking us out on P2P Radio. Make sure to check us out on um, online as well. And check us next Thursday at 8 p.m. only on Mixer.com and Facebook Live. Till then, power to people and see you then.